0: Welcome to this episode of the Authentic Advisor, which discusses and debates the hot topics impacting business advisors globally. My name is James Mason. I'm joined today by Mindshop expert and long-term coach in Mindshop, Russell Cummings from Queensland, Australia. Welcome, Russ.
1: Hey, James. How are you? Thanks for having me on.
0: No problems. Thanks for joining us. Uh, We'll we'll get straight into it. Uh, Typically, we focus on one broad topic in these podcasts, but today we wanted to change things up a bit and talk through, I guess, three market observations uh, that I'm looking forward to getting your views on. So. The three we're looking to cover today is, has LinkedIn become too much like Facebook? Uh, That'll be an interesting chat. Uh, Is old new again around business tools? And the third element around procrastination and what's the root cause of what we're seeing occurring there around advisors. So so starting off with LinkedIn, uh, from my perspective, certainly the go-to platform for sharing, collaboration, insights, updates from the vast majority of business people and advisors that I deal with. Uh, so some are on it a lot, some not so much, and it sort of ebbs and flows a little bit. Um, from my perspective, I know personally I go into it each time I'm looking for information on a prospect, and advisor. I probably log in once a day to get a pulse of what's happening in the market, which I find valuable um, as there's been certainly lots of shifts the last few years. But um, I'm not on Facebook, but from what I hear and I'm, I'm seeing at the moment, there's lots of heavy posting of what I'd see as, I guess, Facebook suited content as opposed to the business LinkedIn content so I have probably switched off a lot more um, recently and find it harder to get through a lot of the clutter that's on there so from your perspective um, what do you think is it a bad thing am I reading it wrong Uh, does it detract from your brand if this is the go-to place for business people looking you up so interested in your views
1: yeah James I mean a bit like you I've I find Facebook quite annoying so I haven't been on it for quite a while um but um, – but sorry, that's not true. I, I go on and look at it periodically for, for different things, but I, I don't post on Facebook and I don't, I don't do things on it. But, um, um, but I found LinkedIn – I guess LinkedIn's changed for me. LinkedIn's become much more of a sales platform for people. So I'm finding that it's – the clutter is just enormous. Every contact I've got is somebody trying to flog me something. It's full of – I must get a guru a day telling me they're going to teach me how to make a fortune out of LinkedIn – um and honestly i'm just switching off to most of it so i'm finding the the posting and the things has less relevance and less cut through than it's probably ever had um and as a result i've backed off my activity on linkedin a bit i still connect with a few people but like you i use it to research people that research connections and you know do some networking i do a fair bit of networking actually and I'll, i'll go and check out people on linkedin look at their profile look at what they're posting try and get an understanding of them um certainly for prospective clients i'll look up and look at their LinkedIn profile if they have one but I I think um, yeah for me just the sheer volume of stuff coming through it's it's really hard to sift out the stuff that's worth looking at and there's too much look at me look at me stuff on there for my my liking it's too much you know I'm a great bloke, trust me, I'm a doctor sort of stuff. <laughs> yeah. In, yeah. Without demonstrating uh, capability, you know, I still think, and we've talked about this before, I think the key to lots of digital marketing is is about demonstrating capability and not telling people how how, how good you are.
0: And yeah, and there seems to be a lot more of that. And I, I've found people, uh, you know, it's almost like an Amway style selling now, you know, people are, are, are pumping out content, but it's quite, you know, generic and going around to people that should be there. You know, closest uh, connections through things like LinkedIn, and, but I'm getting these posts from them, treating me like I'm they've never met yeah. me before. So that the authenticity drops off on that really, totally. really quickly. Um, uh,
1: yeah, and, and this, uh, you know, I, I find it's bizarre sales tactics too. the first time you meet somebody, you pitch to them, mm. um, and I get those all the time. You know, and I just think I, I don't think that's the way good sales are built um, is by pitching to people now. Maybe they're getting success out of it, and I'm wrong. I'm perfectly be prepared to be, you know. And I've, I must admit, I do have um, some clients who are doing a reasonably good job out of LinkedIn and getting some good connections out of it, but they're really quite tightly focused in a niche and, uh, and are really targeting that niche. They also don't have 50 million connections. They've been quite selective in the connections that, that they have. So they're, uh, they're pulling leads out of it not sales of course i don't think it's social media where you sell but they they are certainly pulling some quality leads out of it which is going there the, yeah. the other but, big thing I, I think james is sorry to interrupt was um is it's a lot of a lot of social media facebook and linkedin and stuff is about vanity about vanity metrics how many likes you get on something and how many views and, and how many comments and all that sort of stuff and And, you know, but the focus is not on how much business you get out of it. You know what I mean? So the the metrics are all wrong. Um, yeah, and and
0: a lot of the good people I'm, I'm I'm meeting and knocking around with, just you know, they're not on it. They're, they're not the sort of the the selfie types. And I even met with a advisor the other day, said, you know, that that's not what you were trying to advise me as an advisor. I've got to start doing, is it? Because I'm just not into that, and that's not what my clients are looking for. And and then it got us on to talking about a people sort of to, posting too heavily on their you know political views. I'm seeing a lot more of that come through LinkedIn and and everything else at the moment. And I think if again people are going to that as the go to place to find. You know What are they finding about you as from a personal branding perspective? That can be really yeah. quite, um, you know, certainly makes the pool a bit shallower. Now, that they might argue that's a good thing, but I, I certainly see it as that's a bit, a bit polarizing.
1: Yeah, it can be. It can be. And I, th- I think you've got to be clear on what your purpose is on going on there and what, what you're trying to achieve. So is it a, a branding thing? You're trying to improve your brand in the marketplace. What are you trying to do? Are you trying to actually collect leads what, what's your what's your objective in going onto any social media platform no matter what it is um you know because for lots of businesses facebook is the right place to be right but if you if you b2b in any way i don't think facebook does it unless you know facebook's far more for me as a business to consumer and i've asked my clients where they go looking for advisors and they said not on facebook hmm. on facebook i'm posting photos of my kids and the barbecue and my holidays Yeah. And and personal stuff, whereas for business, I go to LinkedIn. So yeah. I still think it has a I still think it has a role to play. I just think it's getting distorted by that sort of stuff. And I've got a few Nigerian princes that I'm I'm working with at the moment um, <laughs> come through LinkedIn. So yeah, I'm still getting a bit of that spam yeah. and a few yeah. ru- sort of few bribes no, th- from overseas that are. Um, uh,
0: I, th- I think you've got to be careful. I think is what I, you know. And and I think yeah, people are probably oversharing a little bit at the moment. I just. Worry that you know impacting their personal brand a lot more, and I know um, off grid. That's what people are observing with people that are pushing that forward. But that might just be the circles that I'm knocking around in. But yeah, so
1: true. But the good point I think you made the point is If if your target market, if that's where they go to look for that sort of stuff, and that's where they go to find. The sort of people you are then then that's probably the place to do it but but if it's a whole general branding issue so so think about who your target market is i guess what i'm thinking is and why you're there and hmm. make sure you you're in it you've got strong congruency with those two things and then then it could probably work for you yeah. yeah
0: okay well moving on to business tools uh yeah. and one of my other observations is that in the current market it seems a lot of the uh, you know, so-called old, older tools, um, you know, the, the things that have been around for decades, you know, force field, one-page plan, strategic SWOT, are me to come to the fore again um, and have high value to clients, you know, used in the right way um, because they're wanting a lot more action and focus. And we've, you know, obviously be always advocated in MindShop for simplifying uh, the complexity in things and often could be judged for being almost too simple at times. But I think the last five to 10 years, I've seen a lot of models, a lot of tools that, probably overcomplicated things, you know, one-page plans with, you know, 50 different boxes on it or certain models out there that look a lot like, you know, plan, do, check, act, but they've just been a, a bit of a different marketing spin on it and everybody's, you know, put it in a book and off it goes again. But it just seems recently it's, you know, what's what's old is, is new again because people are wanting it simple. So um, what what's your views on that?
1: Yeah, I, I'd agree with you. I mean, I find often we make things complex either to prove how intellectual our intellectual superiority to people, so we make it more and more complex. Or there's often, sometimes there's a good reason for it where we're trying to get uh, more detail in a particular area or better nuance and that sort of stuff. So, so it can work, but I think the reason why, and I still go back to, I still lot of use use a lot of the really simple tools and stuff, James, is simply because of expediency. You know, it's that it's it's quick. We can get to it really quickly, and it cuts to the. Cuts to the point on what we want to do. I haven't got to spend twenty minutes explaining it. And I, a really good example for me I was, was is um, the change success model in Mindshop, right? So it's a it's a ten point model, and it's it's a brilliant model. I use it all the time, but um, but I use it when I'm with a client and we're and we're trying to look at we've got a project we're either in the middle of or we're working on. We want to look at our our chance to improve the successful outcome of that. Um, thing, But if i got a client where we're stuck on something, uh, I'll, I'll go back to the old DVP model, which used to be our change model, you know, just satisfaction, satisfaction. Vision, vision plan, vision, yep. Uh, vision plan, sorry. And then because it, it's just so quick and easy, you know what I mean? We can say, right, where are we? Bang, bang, bang. And we can get going. And then once we get a little bit of traction from that, then we can drop into the more complex model. So for me, it's about, it's about using these things at the right time. You mm. know what I mean? And, and and sometimes you need that level of, of complexity to actually get to the detail or focus on a particular element, but a lot of the time it's overkill you know, depending on what you're trying to do. So for I me, mean, it's, it's picking the tools fit for purpose, for that yeah. particular and task you're at.
0: And you're finding at the moment, uh, you know, again, clients just don't have the bandwidth for that level of complexity in, no. in most cases. Uh, there's obviously, as you said, a, a, an opportunity for doing that, but I'm finding and I think you, you, you approach it this way as well, a lot of, um, that complexity can be done pre-workshop and pre-those um, things now. So you can actually put together and, and get people, you know, digging through the detail of those things in advance. So you're actually coming to much more of those facilitated workshops. So, again, you don't want to be going through a 17-step a process in a workshop because people are saying, I just don't have the time to sit through that for an hour in the pre-sort of uh, framing of it to then get into the detail of it or, no. you know, 55,000 sticky notes all over the board. I, I think that seems to have pushed yeah. out of, of the approaches a bit.
1: Totally. I'm I'm certainly finding, and we were talking this before we came on air, that you know, that people have less and less time available to do workshops, training, whatever, and therefore we've got to either got to do work beforehand so that we're set, we set up for the face to face, and we get more value out of the face to face, or we've got to have um, fast, slicker, more efficient processes. And you're right, you can't explain the 17 step model and work through each step of the model in detail because you just then you've got a 17-hour workshop if you're not careful. Yeah. Um, and, um, and people, I'm just finding people got less and less time. Um, yeah.
0: And, and it's, there's only so many, you know, boxes and lines you can put on a page. I think we're almost, I was thinking before coming onto this, we're almost hitting, you know, peak model to a certain yeah. extent. There's, you know, only, only so many circles, triangles, boxes, yeah, exactly. uh, you know, backflips on things and, comp, you know, there's, there's a lot of good stuff out there. So, you yeah, know, yeah, this reinventing the wheel the whole time seems to be overkill.
1: Yeah, I just use three, uh, three um, circles now, three interconnecting circles in a Venn diagram. <laughs> it's, my, it's my go-to model. Anyway. <laughs> just make up anything under it. Yeah, I just have to use a triangle or something to mix it up, but yeah. Yeah. But, no. Yeah, you're right. I, and I just think there's that whole thing of, you know, uh, there's, I think it's actually much harder to make something simpler. You know what I mean? So so I think one of the you know the amazing things I've always found with MindShop is is the, the ability of, of the people who build the tools. You know, it was Chris in the early days to actually take really complex things and make them simple. Uh, that's a very hard thing to do for most people. It's easy to take mm. something simple and make it complex. The other way around is, is extremely hard. And when you get something that just works, then it's good. And some of the stuff that, you know, now where how and some of these sort of one-page plans and all that sort of stuff, of course they don't go away because they're just a really functional tool, right? Mm. Functional concepts, functional tools, that simple process that people can understand. I think I think it's more about understanding than complexity. You
0: know? Yeah, and, and I think those advisors that are, A leading you know we've talked about this probably a whole nother podcast on this but you see too many that are putting so much emphasis on the tool that that's the hero piece rather than the outcome from the client's perspective that we're here to get an outcome for you and facilitating that process if we're making the the tool or the process the hero out of this and you know how how you know many bright colors and you know sticky notes we can do around this and you know can we get an image of it then i think we're losing the focus of what what we're there to achieve
1: yeah, true, true. But you know, don't forget, a lot of this stuff comes out of you know, um, you and I collaborate on a model, and then we write a book, and we put out a video, and then we build a consulting business around our model, and so the model is the hero for lots of people, right? Mm. So, so their business model is around you know, I've come up with the X Y Z model, and and it's brilliant, and it maybe it is a rework of somebody else's model, but I put a different spin on it slightly, and. And they what it is. And so you get people become gurus in a particular framework or or, or or model of doing things, you know what I mean? And you see it all the time, you know. That, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, I don't
0: know. Now, well, finally, let's look at uh, procrastination. I, I'm seeing this a lot with business advisors around the world at the moment, you know, people have lots of good intentions but um, seem to be spinning on the spot a, a bit. And I think COVID certainly, um, you know, driven a lot more in that particular um, space and, you know, showing itself in poor time and priority management. Uh, so do you agree it's an, an issue or um, what do you feel is the root cause around procrastination with a, a lot of advice at the moment? Getting, you know?
1: Yeah, I, I found it's always been there, right? So so it's not something that's relatively new, but I think what's happened lately um, is that, you um, the people there's a level of uncertainty around uh, and therefore people are, are not sure whether to make decisions so uncertainty their decision making more than anything else and therefore they're not then taking the then they're not moving on to the implementation phase so so for me you know it's a bit about it's a bit about yeah the level of uncertainty in the environment at the moment you know
0: yeah it's almost like the perfect storm out there yeah. to a certain extent uh, I, I agree with you I, it seemed to be there's there was a lot of that pre COVID, COVID's, you know, knocked people's rhythm out of whack again. And I think yeah. people are trying to build new behaviours again. But it's sort of amplified. If you had a challenge with this leading into the last couple of years, it's, it's probably been amplified to the negative. Um, yeah. But if you, you know, had, had your, the back end in order and your habits in order, it it's, uh, doesn't seem to be as much of an issue for certain yeah. advisors. And, and I
1: think the people have come through it reasonably well. And you and I see a lot of them are people who, who've been adaptable. So have been able to rapidly adapt to the change and, you know, switch from face-to-face activities to virtual activities, um, you know, all that sort of stuff, set up better systems and processes and stuff, which, you know, I've done that. I had to do that in my business and it, it's actually helped me. I built a whole heap of resources and did a whole heap of things during COVID that now make me way, way more efficient than I was before I went in. Mm. But if I hadn't have done that, I think I'd still be struggling, you know what I mean? And so that – it's that sort of thing. The other thing is I think you've got to understand yourself a little bit with procrastination. Why, why do we procrastinate, you know? And well,
0: and that sort of goes to the root cause, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah.
1: You know, so so I know me personally, I, I like to work to a deadline, right? And uh, I'm quite scattered and disorganised until I've got something to work to. Then I become quite rigidly organised and I kick it out of the park, right? I concentrate, hmm. I focus, I get things doing, I put the right tools in place. You know, I'm a great time manager, all that sort of stuff. So I've got to artificially create deadlines for myself all the time um, in order to maintain that level of productivity, you know what I mean? So um,
0: so th- those that are, th- those that you see not doing that well, you know, year after year, um, which I think, you know, seems to be an Achilles heel for a lot of people's opportunities. They, you know, put good time into capability. They've got a good sales process. But, you know, this, this procrastination, and again, that leads into a whole bunch of other areas seems to be... Um, I I guess, diminish the level of perceived trust from a client perspective in in this space, which then a client's going, look, uh, you you look as though you're capable, but uh, you're not as reliable and you seem to not be doing the things you should be doing. I mean, what what do you see of those people that, you know, year after year end up in that same position?
1: Yeah. I mean, is it tied
0: to that lack of understanding yourself that you mentioned or?
1: Yeah, I think so. I think they don't understand themselves. And I think that they're, um, we begin, start to accept that that's a normal part, that's me. So you deal with it, sort of thing. Whereas mm. I, I, think we can modify a lot of that, and and just being focused on some things. I think mental health, in the broadest extent, is really important. So things have worked for me. You know, I take time to meditate most days. It's not your you know, lotus position, legs crossed, om sort of meditation. But it's I, just I, you didn't take
0: me as a guy that would be like that. No,
1: no. So, um, but it's but I take ten minutes just to stop and prop and think and just. Clear my mind for the day. I find that's become really important to me, um, and you know, making sure you have got good life balance. So I, I still think, you know, we've talked about life balance. I've you know been in mine shop for nearly twenty five years, or twenty five years this year, I think. And and we and we just um, we 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 tend to, I guess, not talk about life balance, but not really do it. And I found I found that if you if you get all the things sorted outside of work, then all of a sudden you get a lot more focus at work. You know what I mean? And and it's a it's a simple process, and it's a it's a hard thing to do. So getting the priorities right. And yeah, the the other thing I think, James, is we think working longer and harder is more productive, and there's a lot of stuff to show that that's not true. Mm. So I think there's a bit of burnout happening in people as well. Where I'm certainly finding at the moment, I've got clients with lots of opportunity on. They're working such long hours and working really hard. I actually think they're past being productive at the moment and they're starting to procrastinate on things that they should be doing just simply because they've got no mental energy and physical energy even to do it. They're so busy. So yeah. a, I think the life balance piece is really important and, you know, driving that sort of stuff. It's- yeah,
0: no, I think you're right. And, you know, I think, you know, this notion of people just continuing each year to push for more and more performance each year rather than sort of paring back and getting a bit more focused, aligning to their vision, being a lot more self-aware. Yeah. Um, they, they seem to, as you touched on, you know, go to the root cause of what I'm seeing for a lot of advisors that that as soon as that, that they've got better alignment in that space, that they're, you know, they're not adapting themselves too much between one and the other and they know exactly where they're trying to go and, You know, they've got that self-awareness, of strengths and weaknesses and don't beat themselves up too much. Then I think they they seem to then put one foot in front of the other. Otherwise, again, as you touched on, if there's a lot of those things that go unaddressed, they're the same things that just crop up no matter how many times they move or change careers or the same habits come back up because they're not addressing some of the belief systems that they've got.
1: Yeah, totally. I'd agree with that. Yeah, 100%. And I noticed. I know it for me, you know, I talked to the conference about going motorbike riding and stuff. That's a really important part of my my mental health and stops procrastination. Right. So when I work, I work now, and I'm quite focused. And when I don't, I don't. And it's yeah. it's really interesting the change it's made. And I make more money in less time because I'm actually focused when I'm at work. And that. And I think we forget about the importance of of respite in our in our work work environment, you know what I mean? So we, you need to take that time for yourself in order to recharge and think and, you know, we don't do enough strategic thinking when we're really busy, right? We don't think about the things. Hmm. Um, the, the other thing I think I'm finding is that people don't have a good process for actually execution. And so if you read the Scrum book, which is around teams and getting agile and all that sort of stuff, I, I think, you know, we could have a book title out of this, you know, but I think there's a Scrum for individual sort of process, which is basically the same thing, and that's about, focus on one thing and get it done Mm. instead of trying to focus on 20 things and not getting any of them done focus Mm. on one get it done move on to the next one and get it done you know and and i think we just we try and multitask on too many things and our productivity just falls away very, very very quickly and therefore we seem like we're procrastinating because we're not getting things finished but it's because we're trying to do too many things at once as well
0: yeah yeah no, and I think the current market, people have certainly got no shortage of things on their their list. Um, yeah, so, awesome. uh, now some some good points there. So, well, Russ, uh, we're out of time, but thanks so much for sharing your insights today. I think there's a, a wealth of valuable uh, takeaways out of that, and um, enjoyed talking through the the three areas with you today. So, thanks again.
1: Thanks, James. I really enjoyed it, and um, um, look forward to hearing it when it comes out live. Yeah, See thanks, what, mate. This, See you. you See you.